0: Temp check. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: Hey, this is Alan Tecchio from Autumn Hour, Hades, Seven Witches, Nonfiction, Watchtower, and other assorted bands. You're listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up.
0: The best hard rock. The best heavy metal, Talking Metal, a podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power, feel the
2: glory, TalkingMetal.com. Hey, John Astronomy here with Mark Striegel in midtown Manhattan, coming to you with another episode of Talking Metal. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. I'm doing
3: good. Thanks, John. Uh, and thank you to the Talking Metal listeners for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, some bits of news here. Breaking news. Jeff Tate is set to star in a movie. It's not Operation Mindcrime, unfortunately, but it is something that uh, should be pretty cool. It's called Pray for Light. It'll also star Candace Knight, who is now married to Richie Blackmore. And Jeff is also going to be scoring the music for the film. So we look forward to that. Pray for light.
2: Very cool. And it's very interesting that you're wearing a shirt today that says birds of prey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is is from Beaver
3: Creek, a place where I go skiing sometimes. Uh, There's a few talking metal groups on Facebook. I actually opened one the other day and then realized that some of you guys already have started your own talking metal group on Facebook. So... There you go. There's at least two Talking Metal groups on Facebook, uh, both active. And, um, you know, if you're on Facebook, definitely uh, join up. Uh, and We can uh, chat in the Talking Metal groups, one and two.
2: So, Mark, I am not yet on Facebook. You always beat me to uh, all these cool things like MySpace and even the Internet. And uh, why should I join Facebook?
3: I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's If you're looking to connect with somebody you used to know in high school or something like that or... Somebody that you don't want to connect with. I mean, you do get a lot of weirdos crawling out. Uh, but um, my my whole thing with the with the Facebook thing is, I do uh, try to keep that. I don't really have many talking metal stuff on my own personal page. I actually have zero talking metal stuff on my personal page. It's more for like my friends at work and and family and stuff. And that's actually why I did uh, open the talking metal group still the best place to get talking metal information is probably going to be on the talking metal forums or talkingmetal.com or even our myspace page but um for you facebookers you can join one of two talking metal groups on there uh what else uh the john astronomy very cool drinking game is a big hit Uh, you can read about that on the talking metal
2: forums did you read about that I am just hearing it for the first time. I've been offline doing some other things for the last week, so tell me about this. I'm learning so much cool new info from this podcast.
3: Yeah, I guess every time people will get a drink, and then every time you say very cool, oh. they take a drink. <laughs> so uh, I guess some people have been getting really messed up by listening to the oh. podcast because, uh, you know, it's it's just a very cool show.
2: Yeah, very cool, guys, uh, for doing that. And uh, it was just – we have the – very, very coolest talking metal listeners out there. So, thank you again, and uh, you know, have another one in honor of this very cool thing that you're doing.
3: <laughs> there you go. Uh, and again, check that out on talkingmetalforums.com. Nick Simmons recently uh, jammed with his band at uh, Nam. How? What do they sound like?
2: I actually haven't heard it. I, I wanted to check out all the cool Nam stuff because a ton of friends of mine uh, from various. Things like, you know, bands that I know and from Gibson Guitars were all out there, and I have yet to see all of A, the new gear that has come out, or B, a lot of the performances. So I'm looking forward to seeing that.
3: Check out Chad's Heavy Metal blog at HeavyMetal.About.com. I'm actually doing an interview, and hopefully, John will be doing another interview with him at some point. So I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm sure hopefully we'll have one or two talking metal interviews with chad posted on his blog at some point soon
2: that's great yeah i definitely uh, have read a lot of chad's stuff he's very cool and i'm looking forward to doing an interview with him you want to hear something really funny there is a possible rumor started and i can and can tell you the origin but it involves revolver magazine and some friends of mine and the rumor is that we are doing a gig with members of slipknot that is however false although we would love to but uh, there was a little rumor going around where i didn't hear that rumor (laughs) People that I know were talking about the Screaming Metal gig and kind of mixed up the members and uh, what they came away from it was that we were playing with Slipknot, but we're not.
3: But we are playing with people from Hades, Nonfiction, Autumn Hour, possibly Exodus, uh, Overkill for sure, Metal Mike might come down, Bumblefoot might come down. It's going to be a great heavy metal, talking metal Party in the way of screaming metal at Dingbats February 7th in Clifton, New Jersey. Please join us for that one. Alan Tecchio
2: coming up later on the podcast, speaking of screaming metal, the singer of screaming metal. Yeah. And I just want to say that my friend who accidentally started this rumor, uh, his name is Gene Bolin. He's uh, an executive at MTV Networks. Great, great guy. And I'm just kind of joking around because I just thought that was pretty funny that uh, there's a little rumor going around in the metal circles that you know, Talking Metal and Slipknot are getting together. Wow, hadn't heard that one. Chinese democracy has gone gold in the
3: U.S., selling over 500,000 copies. It's actually almost at 600,000 right now, so that's pretty incredible. Soon it'll be at a a million, which, of course, will grant it platinum status. 600,000 copies sold in, like, six weeks. That's uh, insanity in today's economic times and... uh, for a band that hasn't had any material out in a long long time so so congratulations to axel and the guys in guns and roses for that one definitely
2: that is really impressive especially when you you think about that a hundred thousand a week basically is what it's averaging and if it continues on like that man it's gonna go like out of control
3: Lars from Metallica recently said that he is a big fan of Chinese democracy. Actually, at that uh, that Fuse press conference they gave for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he said that all four members of Metallica are fans of Chinese democracy, and they would actually consider turing, touring with Guns N' Roses uh, if they were asked.
2: That would be great. It would bring back uh, you know, some of the cool memories from you know, back in the day when Guns and Metallica toured. And I know that some of that was a little bit controversial, but I'm sure there was much, much more cool stuff going on than the controversial stuff.
3: Cool. Lamb of God, uh, the new record is out on the 24th, so check that out, guys. It's called Wrath. They are touring the U.K. in February on the Defenders of the Faith 2 tour, so that should be pretty exciting for all you U.K. guys. John, I want to give you this calendar. Sent to us by George over at Century Media. This calendar features all the hot ladies uh, of bands that are on Century Media. You got uh, some scantily clad pictures of of Maria and uh, it was the girl from Opiate. Um, What is that band called? Opiate of the Masses. Yeah, the bassist who I saw in person and she did look pretty good. no, 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 no. Let's flip through it here. That girl's cute, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, tons of girls. Um, let's see. We're going to find this here The Agonist.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I saw it in here before. Let me see. Yeah, there she oh, is. Nice. Anna. Anna K of Opiate for the Masses. Uh, I saw her in person, and she was pretty striking. Anyways, thanks for sending that over, George. And guys, check that out. I'm sure you can find it online. It is the calendar, which is called Maidens of Metal, the Girls of Century Media 2009.
2: I think it's great that in today's metal world, there is definitely a place for some really killer kick-ass female vocalists. Yes.
3: Yes. Cool. A couple emails that came into my personal account here. Uh, Hey, man, I just signed up for the boards the other day. I've been listening to the show for a while. He sent us some emails which referenced the hard rock songs, uh, blah, 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 on VH1. Uh, He says, my father owns the insurance company in Maplewood, which is where you live. Go figure. Uh, Most importantly, I forgot the number episode, but you and John were doing a song together, I think as Captain T. And I've got to say, your vocals were absolutely amazing. Thanks, man. And secondly, the track you guys keep playing on the show, which is Snowblind cover from the Ace Frehley tribute album, Return of the Comet. Where can I find that track? I can't find it on iTunes. Uh, And this comes in from John in Jersey. So, first of all, the Captain T track, I think you're probably talking about Moongate. You guys can all buy that on iTunes for 99 cents. It's John on bass, drums, rhythm guitar. I play rhythm guitar. Ranger X does the solo, and I also handle the vocals. It's a song that John and I wrote together.
2: You know what? It's really funny you bring this up because I was listening to Captain T and Astronomy on the way home from the Scream Me Metal rehearsal last night and I listened to Moongate. I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. It's one of my favorite ever songs, possibly one of the, the best songs that we've ever done together. Your vocal, I've always considered that one of your absolute best vocal performances and, um... I was also listening to the the cover that we did of The Real Me, which I I think is really cool, too. And, uh, by the way, uh, after rehearsal last night, I hung out with Ron Lipnicki of Overkill, and we went to a bar in Rutherford, New Jersey, and uh, we called up Tom Hunting of Exodus, just out of the blue.
3: (laughs) Cool. How was Tom doing?
2: He was doing good. He's he's actually going to miss um, a few Exodus shows over in Europe, because he had a previous trip booked to Mexico, I believe, so... Um, You know, everything's cool with the band, but they're going to use a substitute drummer uh, who uh, is is really good, according to Ron, and uh, so, you know, it's all cool, but it was really cool to talk to Tom, and, uh, you know, he remembered the jam and all that, so it was cool.
3: Cool. We did Seek and Destroy with Tom and the rest of the guys from Exodus, and you guys can check that jam out on youtube.com slash metal. And a big announcement, speaking of Maria, who is a big part of the Maidens of Metal calendar. Maria, Chris, and Jeff from In This Moment jam Run to the Hills with John and I. We just recently posted that on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Talking Metal. Never seen before footage. Sounds great. A lot of fun. A great Maiden classic, Run to the Hills. Check that out on YouTube
2: definitely we've uh, revamped that youtube page if you haven't yet checked it out go to it we've also kind of given our myspace page a a little makeover um, just to kind of change it up a little bit Uh, like mark said before really the best place to go is talkingmetal.com but we are trying to beef up our presence around the net
3: yes here's a little of that song right now this is maria on vocals Chris on guitar, John on guitar, myself on bass, and of course Jeff from In This Moment on drums. Check it out.
2: That was run to the hills by members of In This Moment and Talking Metal. Cool. We'll play that in full on a future
3: podcast. In the meantime, go to YouTube to check it out. Here's another email. It's kind of long. Mark, first let me say congratulations to you and your wife on the brand new baby. I have a four-year-old daughter who is my pride and joy. I'm sure you can relate. Second, I found your podcast about two months ago, and I commute from... Northwest Connecticut to Greenwich, Connecticut every day. Roughly three hours in the car so I'm just catching up on all of them. You and John do a terrific job. It's nice to hear about the bands who meant so much to us growing up. We're all around the same age. I'll be 39 in 20 days. My first concert was ACDC in December 1983 for the Flick of the Switch tour with Fastway opening. I got to see Rat, Motley Crue, Ozzy, Raven, Saxon, Wasp, and Guns N' Roses EZO at the Chance in Poughkeepsie in October 87. In 1985, it was a huge metal guy. Same stuff you and John listened to. But then, funny story, I was supposed to go see Duran Duran and Pure Prairie League with the hottest girl in my class, which I also gave my poster of David Lee Roth to. But it snowed, so my mother wouldn't let us drive. So we got stuck going to see a punk band from England because my friend was a punker and his mom wasn't opposed to us driving a shorter distance to the... Agora Ballroom in West Hartford. The punk band ended up being The Clash. I was forever changed. Like Casey Chaos said about hearing Black Flag for the first time, it changed his life forever within 30 seconds. Uh, The Clash expanded my horizons of what I thought was cool. I saw... uh, What I saw there that night uh, was never... I never saw it a metal show. The stage barrier was installed backwards. So he goes on about this great show he saw, The Clash of course Um, Casey Chaos said something cool about if you want to you can work your asses off you can play with your heroes I didn't get to play with a hero but I did get to wire Ace's guitar that shoots the rockets while working on a sound crew his guy Dean I think knew knew how he was my all time hero so he explained it and let me do it Your podcast is cool because it allows you to see into who all of our heroes really are and even people we don't like, like Don Dokken. I always liked him. Then my brother and I met him at a Rockers Against Drunk Driving race at Lime Rock, he was a dick. He wouldn't sign an autograph for my 13-year-old brother. And I was all sour because Tommy Lee... Oh, and he was all sour because Tommy Lee was getting more attention. Then years later, I was doing sound for The Four Horsemen. And Frank told me a story about when he was working the door at the Rainbow and not letting Don in because he had no idea ID. And he turned into a total ass yelling at Frank. Then years later when they were on tour with the black crows don wandered up during a sound check to ask if he could do a small acoustic set i heard your interview with him and i put it all behind me and now i'm a fan again as you get older you realize what's important my favorite band at this point is social distortion uh and he goes on to talk about his daughter and anyways um says he enjoyed the Del James podcast, and that's from our friend Ray in Connecticut. Ray, thanks. Some good stories in there. Sorry I didn't read the whole email.
2: Hey, Ray, thanks for your letter, and uh, great story about Ace Frehley. and I know the dean you were referring to, his name is Dean Nemeth, and uh, he's been one of Ace's longtime friends and and people who've worked with Ace through the years, and uh, that is so cool that you got to wire the guitar that actually shoots the rockets out. Very, very cool. And I'd like to say we met
3: Don Dockin at the studio out in Los Angeles. And, uh, man, what a great, great guy. Hung out with us after the interview, had a drink with us, and uh, just, uh, just a great guy. And I don't, I don't know the stories that you talk about in your email saying that he was a, a jerk and a dick. And uh, it's hard for me to believe those stories because I've, I've
2: really never met a nicer guy. Yeah, Don was great, and you know, unfortunately, every once in a while, like even like a super nice guy, you know, could have a bad day, and and I think it's cool that whatever happened, you uh, put it past you, and you kind of forgot about it, and now we're a fan of uh, Don's again. I've had a couple of scenarios that were similar, and and uh, I've also done, I mean, not with Don Dawkins, but just with you know random people, and um, I have put those past me as well, and uh, you know, I, I like all of the rock stars that always meant a lot to me through the years. Cool. Let's get into some Hades, followed by an
3: interview with Alan Tecchio. Alan has a new album, which I just think is great. It's called Autumn Hour. Dethroned is the record. It comes out, I think, in a month or two. Alan's going to tell us all about it in the interview. And it features Dave, who runs the rehearsal studio where we've been jamming with Screaming Metal. Of course, Screaming Metal is a band that features Alan on vocals. We are doing a gig with him at... Dingbats in New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey. February 7th, please come to the show, guys. We need your support at this one. And uh, we're going to get into Hades, followed by the interview with Alan Tecchio, singer of Hades. And we're going to talk about Alan's new band, project, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, Autumn Hour. We'll have links up in today's show, notes, and
2: that's about it. Yeah, definitely. And I also wanted to add that Dave was also a member of Hades at one point. They've had a few different drummers, and he was one of them. That's right.
3: He was, definitely. And he sounds great on Autumn Hour. Uh, Again, the name of the CD will be dethroned, and it's coming out soon. So let's check it out. Here's a little Hades, followed by my interview with Alan Tecchio at like a Ramada Inn in East Hanover, New Jersey. Hey, it is Mark, and I am here in East Hanover, New Jersey, at the Ramada Inn. Right out. Where are we, Alan? We're at the Ramada in East Hanover on Route Ten,
1: uh, adjacent to Miami Mike's Sports Zone Bar.
3: Now, what was going on in uh, Miami Mike's in there? A lot of people watching the game. Yeah, you know, a lot of sports fans
1: in there, really loud. So we had to come out here into the lobby because I just thought it'd be a little overwhelming for the
3: microphone. <laughs> and are you a big sports fan?
1: Not really. I mean, I, I don't follow any teams. Uh, the sports that I follow are motorcycle racing, road racing particularly. And uh, I, But I can watch a football game or a baseball game and get into the competitive spirit of it. But I don't follow any teams because the free agency thing just, you know, if the, if the players can't be loyal to teams, I don't understand how fans can be. But that's just my take on it. Cool.
3: Well, we were uh, having some technical difficulties here. I was having trouble getting my M-audio recorder to run. So we hooked up the mic and are using a phantom power mic here right into GarageBand. Let's talk about GarageBand. You were just mentioning that you did a lot of work on your most recent project, which we're going to talk about, Autumn Hour, using GarageBand. Let's let's go back to the beginning stages of the project. Let's talk about demoing up the songs and the musicians involved.
1: Sure thing. Well, the last two Seven Witches records that I did, I used a little handheld digital four track, which I thought was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, and I used that to to good effect, but you're limited with the amount of tracks that you can use. So a guy from this band, I believe they're on SPV called Blessed by a Bleeding Heart, uh, sorry, Blessed by a Broken Heart, turned me on to Band. He's like, you know, if you have it in your computer, you've got to check it out. He goes, it's the sickest thing. So that kind of opened it up, and I'm real pretty swift on a Mac So the program being so intuitive was pretty easy to pick up, and I just realized, hey, man, this can really open up a ton of doors that I couldn't have done with the 4-track, and the rest was history, man. I was just able to lay down any single idea. I had multiple unlimited tracks and just took our demos and originally took our rehearsal tapes and dumped them in then i took our basic tracks from the recording of the record dumped them in and then just kept building my ideas building 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 and GarageBand just saved me on them and i was able to mix my own stuff and get some very very cool ideas that i don't know i would have thought of had i not had that kind of flexibility
3: cool and the then you went into a, a major studio after the demoing stage with with these guys, or or what we're hearing is actually stuff off a of Garage Band.
1: You're not hearing anything off of Garage Band. However, it wasn't a major studio either. We went up to this place, J Rod Studios, in New City, New York. And J Rod, Johnny Rod, is the guy who owns it. It's really just a, an office in an office building, very small, tight quarters. Um, we actually tracked the drums. And had the guitar player Justin and the bass player Clint out in the room with the drums, which was essentially the hallway of this office building, but they don't really have office hours on the weekends, so we had the building to ourselves. And great ambient sound, really, really good sounds were, were you know gotten from this experience. And I sang all of my tracks in this little office building, rather office space, which is sort of like where a receptionist would be in an office building, or in an office, rather. And... um that's where we did all the tracking for the record and all of the mixing is being done there as well it's almost done being mixed right now cool
3: and on drums dave on drums right and i've met dave a few times uh at our screaming metal rehearsals which we'll talk about screaming metal in a bit but uh talk about your history with dave when he uh first came into your life and some of the musical history that you have with the guy
1: well, I met Dave when he was working at a bar called Aldo's, which was one of the few underground, very cool alternative bars in New Jersey. Um, he was, you know, the door guy originally. And then he was managing the place, and I was selling ads to the place for Stepping Out Magazine. So we just p- developed a friendship. Eventually, we moved in together as roommates. We were roommates for a few years. And um, Dan was able to get this deal to happen for Metal Blade for Hades back in, I guess it was 98. And Dave and I were living together, and, you know... I figured it was a no-brainer. I, I, the guy is a, a metal aficionado. He knows more bands than anybody I know. And uh, is a pretty solid drummer as well. So I offered him the gig for Hades. We did you know, two records with him. We did Save Yourself and The Downside. And then we had an opportunity to go play the Vakken Festival in Germany. And for whatever reason, Dave... I mean, I think he had some altercations with Dan <laughs> and... He just wouldn't do the show, and I thought it was really messed up that I had given him this opportunity to do this, and he was bailing on the one really amazing show that we had an opportunity to go do, so I kind of like just put him on the outs and stopped talking to him. We had moved out from each other. I, I bought a house, and I moved out from that apartment anyway, but I was just very disappointed in him, and I slagged him in the press in such a big way. It's not even funny. And uh, then one day, you know, I realized that, you know, life, I think after I got married, I, I kind of had a different perspective on life. I said, life is very short. And Dave is a solid, great guy. He's always a good friend to me. I know that the thing that went down with Vakken wasn't like a personal thing per se, even though I definitely took it personally. And so I mended things with him, patched them up. And we just became good friends again. And as luck would have it or fate would have it, I had an opportunity to play with my friend Justin again. Um, I was on a little bit of a hiatus with Seven Witches. Uh, Jack Frost, whose band, it's principally his band, was out with uh, Joey Belladonna, and he said he was going to give me basically almost a year of where I could do whatever, you know, because he was going to be on the road. So I resurrected this project with my friend Justin, and we decided to make it a band, and the first guy I thought of was, you know, I, I want to, well, first off, I want to pick guys for this band that are cool and that I get along with and that can really play well. And Dave was the a no-brainer pick for drums, because since the Hades days, he's continued to practice and learn and hone his skills, and he's ten times the drummer he was then. And Clint, our bass player, I met actually through Jack, because he had a cover band with him called Smell the Glove for a little while, and uh, just a great guy, great bass ideas. He had demoed some of the Seven Witches stuff for Deadly Sins on bass, and I loved, even it was just a few runs that he did, a few ideas. Um, And he is on part of the record. I don't know which runs are his or which lines are his or what songs he's on, but his ideas were very cool and very solid and what I love to hear a bass player do. Um, And so we just, you know, put the band together and here we are, you know, we're putting a record out now on Rock Ridge Music.
3: (laughs) And it's good good to get the story behind Autumn Hour because when you were on the podcast the last time, There was, uh, you know, that, that was, you came to the live show, which of course, then we packaged the interviews as podcasts and that was the only, we've done like probably 20 live shows. That was the only time there was a technical problem and it it happened all night. It wasn't just your interview. It was like, yeah, we had another band in that same night, zo 2 or something. And part of their thing got messed up and, um, there was like a junior engineer working the board that night. So my apologies, uh, but it's good that we got you back and, uh, We got the full story on Autumn Hour, and we want to hear some Autumn Hour right now, and then we're going to come back and talk about the brand new Hades DVD and Screaming Metal. What can we play for the Talking Metal listeners uh, by Autumn Hour?
1: Why don't we check out the cover song that we did of Here Comes the Rain Again by the Eurythmics. A little bit of a different take on that song. Uh, the record is a concept record about accelerating technology and the demise of mankind and the role that that technology plays in saving the, the remainder of mankind that's left. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a big, grand project that we dove into, but this song by U- the Eurythmics actually fit into the concept pretty well.
3: Cool. And you said it's a, it's a little bit of a different take. I think it's like a way different take on this song. Because when I first, you gave it to me the other night, and I listened to the whole, the whole. I, you didn't give me the whole project, but you gave me, I think, four or five songs. I listened to the whole thing on my car ride home. And when that came on, it took me like halfway through the song. I knew it was a cover, but and I know that song by the Arrhythmics fairly well, but it was just so drastically different than the original that it, it you know, it was one of those like things where I really had to go through my my brain database to figure out who it was. Uh, it's an awesome cover, and uh, it's always risky doing a cover, but you guys pulled it off with this. This is great stuff. This is Autumn Hour with "Here Comes the Rain Again." That was Autumn Hour with Here Comes the Rain, again, the Arrhythmics classic. Were you a fan of the Arrhythmics? Actually, no. <laughs> the, these guys
1: uh, in Autumn Hour, Clint, Dave, and Justin, were rehearsing uh, without me for a little bit, just trying to like tighten up the music part of the songs. And, uh, and I was at home in my little vocal booth in my basement working on my melodies and stuff on GarageBand. And... Uh, Uh, they were like, hey, man, you know, we want to do this cover. We think it would fit the the theme of the record and blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm like, what is it? Like, Eurythmics, Here Comes the Rain Again. And my initial reaction, although I didn't express it to them, was, "Ugh, I don't really like that song. (laughs) But then I said, you know what, this is a challenge for me. And let me step up and see what I can do with it to make it hopefully interesting, you know, and, and heavy. So I think we pulled it off.
3: Cool. And where can Talking Metal listeners get the Autumn Hour project?
1: Well, it's not going to be out until either April or maybe May 5th at the latest on Rock Ridge Music. So you can check into the MySpace site. It's myspace.com forward slash autumn hour, autumn like the season, and hour like the hour, H O U R. And we're going to start flying a few tracks up as soon as we get them mastered, which should be very soon. Um, and we're going to probably rotate those tracks out. They won't be downloadable, but we'll put up a couple at a time and give you a little bit of a different flavor because it's a pretty wide-ranging, music, musically speaking, record, uh, although a lot of it's heavy. I'd say that 80% of it is probably pretty heavy, and um, we're just going to offer it like that for now, and then you can download it or buy the CD. The CD artwork is going to be absolutely off the hook. This guy in Sweden, Mono Wasp, is doing it. He did the last two Seven Witches covers, and he just took it to another level with this. I've only seen the covers so far, but the guy is just amazing.
3: Well, I tell you, well, I tell you what, when we get closer to the actual release date, maybe you'll let us play another song and we can remind the talking metal listeners about Autumn Hour and we'll uh point them, you know, where they can buy it and stuff. And I'm sure all that stuff will be up on your MySpace page too. So, the best bet is to become friends with you guys on MySpace uh now.
1: Cool, that sounds great, man. I really appreciate that because I know how many people listen to these talking metal podcasts and check out the TalkingMetal.com dot com site and watch the Fuse show, and it's it's really it's awesome that you're doing that. Thanks.
3: You bet. Uh, so Terminator, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, did you watch the season finale of it, season two? Yeah, I sure did. Did you finally catch up to that? I'm not. I'm not caught up. I'm just barely into season two, but uh, I'm digging it and. Um, I I thought the first episode of season two was just phenomenal. I tell you what,
1: I, I'm just such a fan. The first season, I you know there were some moments where I was like, I don't really believe the Sarah Connor girl. Like I'm not buying the performance. But season two totally came into the role. I think on her own, it really became Sarah Connor. The writing is phenomenal. There's an episode I won't spoil it for you, but where they go. There's a lot of flashbacking going on to like the 19 I think 20s, uh, whenever speakeasies were really happening. Maybe there was the 40s. Whatever it was, it's old Americana and just brilliantly done. So I I'm a big fan. I'm sold.
3: <laughs> cool. I the only, the acting uh by uh, Shirley Manson I thought was slightly choppy in the in the season premiere of season 2. Any comments on singer Shirley Manson acting?
1: Sure. Actually, I didn't even realize that was her at first, and then we had her on the cover of Stepping Out for this role that she's doing, and in the interview that she did with my editor, Chauncey, she says that she's never acted before. This is her first delving into it at all, and there are some spotty moments, I thought, especially in that first episode, but there's a few episodes after that um where have you seen the episode with her daughter yet she has her daughter and i thought that was very very well done in terms of her portrayal of a machine and how a machine would assimilate this information and try to understand things about raising a human child and i thought it was brilliant cool
3: speaking of viewing video uh we have the new Hades DVD out bootlegged in boston how do you feel when you look back at that vintage 1988 performance? I mean, it sounds great it uh it is definitely has the bootleg feel about it, but you also get the great uh documentary, which I actually think I may have enjoyed even more than the actual concert, uh which really educated me about your history and, and Haiti's history. But when you look back at that concert is is it is it fun to to relive and and watch that stuff? Great question, Mark, because yes and no. Well, I, I know that sometimes I look back at pictures of myself from 1988 or a video from myself in 1988, and I, I sometimes I smile and sometimes I just cringe, you know?
1: I don't cringe in the sense that I, I, think, I think I know exactly what you're talking about, and I have plenty of old videos that I feel exactly that way about. But that particular show in Boston, we were doing a run on the Northeast with Manowar, Nuclear Assault, Malaya Rage, and Wargasm. And all the dudes were totally cool with us. The Manowar guys were a little bit weird, but everybody else was very, very cool. And that particular show, I mean, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of kids in this huge hall. And I had my I Hate You" shirt on. And there were kids in the front row that I guess were like Manowar fans or some fans, they were not Hades fans. And the whole show, they were giving me the finger and saying, fuck you, fuck you, you know, over and over, just screaming at me, throwing whatever they could at me. And it was really humiliating. (laughs) You don't really, I don't get, I don't think you get that from watching it because you don't really see it. But there's one point in the video where I point to my shirt that says, I hate you. And I point right to them and start smiling at them. And that was that group in the front that almost ruined that show for me. So when I watch it, I remember that uncomfortable feeling being on stage and being ridiculed so hard. And then I also remember that the majority of the crowd really dug it. It was a very enthusiastic crowd. And I think the band played really well that night. So it's a love and a hate kind of thing.
3: Yeah. No, I think you guys sounded great that night, and and you know sometimes uh, hecklers and 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 you know being angry on stage even adds to the rage and and the the uh, you know attitude that you get on stage. I, th- I think it's a great, great piece of heavy metal history that you guys definitely need to pick up. The best place online to buy that DVD would be where Alan. Oh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No worries. And we will link it through today's show notes. Um, so don't worry about that. We are very excited because coming up in just a couple weeks, Dingbats, uh, a great club in Clifton, New Jersey, will be hosting a night of hard rock and heavy metal with Screaming Metal, a name that alan actually came up with uh, which fits perfectly which is the talking metal guys and uh, the screaming vocals of alan as well as dan lorenzo on guitar ron lip nicky on drums from of course uh overkill and uh, hades so it's going to be a great night what are some of your favorite songs that we are um covering that night alan i
1: would say saints in hell is going. you sound awesome on that thanks thanks saints in hell i'm really looking forward to it. it's always been one of my favorite pre songs um i really want to see blitz sing uh honey what do you do for money by acdc because i love that song and i think i'm gonna be able to sing background on the chorus for that which would be really cool it's a pretty difficult song to sing um i'm looking for you turn me on to the riot song which now i've become to like.
3: swords and tequila
1: right swords and tequila and uh you know a touch too much i think is going to be really good all the songs that's the nice thing about this gig is that there's not really a dud song in there that i'm like oh we got to do this and we're doing some obscure weird stuff like top of the bill from the scorpions which is brilliant and um i don't know i'm just i'm really looking forward to singing it all and the other night i actually had my first bout of nervousness that I'm going to remember all the words. So I've been just drilling the CD that I made of all the set songs into my head so that I don't mess that up. Cool,
3: cool. Well, we're looking forward to it, and I know we have uh, some Talking Metal listeners that are looking forward to it. Guys, if you're in New Jersey, there's no reason that you shouldn't be at this gig. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a Saturday night, no work the next day. I will be doing some... Playing with these guys on stage and then hopefully hanging out with all you guys afterwards. I'd love to get some drinks. I'd love to buy some of you guys' drinks. So let's all hang at Dingbats February 7th for Screaming Metal. And Alan, thanks for coming back on the Talking Metal podcast. Do you have a bit of Hades uh, information you want to throw out?
1: Yeah, you want to edit this in.
3: You can pick up the Hades DVD
1: through Cruz del Sur Music. It's www.cruzdelsurmusic.com and it's spelled C-R-U-Z-D-E-L-S-U-R-M-U-S-I-C.com. It like
0: seems every day I'm just a little further from myself. machine nano infiltration such el-